Right now is a time of hope as well as a time of anxiety. We hope of a better day after these times of uncertainty. And yet we are anxious because of the unknown. According to the CDC website, CDC now recommends that children between the ages of 5 through 11 can now receive the pediatrics COVID-19 vaccine shot. And church, don't you get me wrong, I am not praising and worshiping COVID. But I'm just trying to show you where we are, where we were, and where we could have been. A vast percentage of Americans have had at least one shot. And as a result, we are thinking about gathering in new ways. And we find ourselves getting increasingly excited, trying to figure out how we can get back to normal. Am I right, deacons? Yes, more people are getting vaccinated. And according to the CDC and all the news reports, the numbers of COVID-19 cases and deaths in America seems to be getting smaller. There are less and less restrictions in the place, and we find ourselves able to experience certain freedoms that have been gone for a while now. We can be outside often without masks, and if we are vaccinated, they're saying that groups can gather more now in greater numbers than previously. Sporting events are allowing fans in the stands. Restaurants have sit-down dining. Cruise ships are preparing to set sail again, and things seem to be getting a form of normalcy to it. The sad thing about normalcy is that it is often followed by complacency in a common place. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Understand this, the virus has not disappeared. People are still getting sick and dying. But we are beginning to be able to envision what life as the pandemic might look like. The important thing that we must remember never to do is to become so comfortable that we fall into a situation like this again. If we stop for a minute and look back over the past year, sure there are a lot of things that we are not able to do, but there are a lot of things that grew out of habit during this pandemic. Oh, y'all don't hear me now. That the pandemic forced churches to move from the four walls and the eloquent edifices to online worship services with an escalated determination to ensure doctrine-based content because the new pandemic church demanded that we do so. It seems to me that when sickness and death and darkness descended on the world, it was the catalyst that caused many folk to reflect on what was important. Am I right? Because of the virus, there began to be a greater hunger for the word of God. People began to understand that revelation is pure. Interpretation is good. Application is a necessity. And timing is everything. Gone was the entertainment and concert type atmosphere that made folk happy and feel good for the moment. But rarely ever produced a life-changing relational experience with God. Now, I, I, I'm... I'm not one of those people that say, like some people say at home, deliveries has made the brick and mortar stores nearly obsolete, and, and so is the church after the pandemic. We must clearly understand that the church is not a peddler of products and services. You can't drive through the window. Come on, somebody. Request what you want. Give them a, a, your tiling off and then pull off and go on about your business. No, 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 no. We are not in the market business. The church is the body of Christ, a body made up of many members fitly joined together. That is the light of the world. 
and the salt of the world. Light shows the way salt preserves. If the light has gone out, then how can we show people the way? If the salt has lost its savor, it is good for nothing but to be trodden down under the feet of men. Lord, send your glory. Hallelujah, somebody. Glory as a verb is used to describe what we give God. We give God glory. We give God praises by shouting glory to God in the highest. And one songwriter said it like this. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and, and all, and all, and all that he has done, hallelujah for me. My soul cry out, hallelujah. That, that's glory. The fruit of my lips, the sacrifice praise is glory. When I lift up my hands and say, thank you, Jesus, that's glory. Someone has said that a sign language, that when you raise your hand from one side to the other, that's glory. What we must learn is that glory is an adjective and a verb at the same time. Glory was, is as an adjective describes one of God's attributes, meaning powerful, majestic, and greatness. God is glory, or God's glory. So as clarity, when I say, Lord, send your glory, it has nothing to do with the adjective. But with all with the verb, and that is what we do. Come on, somebody. So we find in our text this morning, we see that the glory had departed from Israel because of their disobedience to God. And because they had become a superstitious and idolatrous nation that was complacent and routine traditional at best. Let me give you a little background of what was going on here. Understand, the children of Israel were at war with the Philistines. Basically, what we see on the news going on right now is yet a continuation of this war. In the first three chapters of chapter 4, uh, verses of chapter 4, we see that the Philistines killed 4,000 Israelites. And they asked themselves in verse 3, why has the Lord smitten us today? See, during this pandemic, we've often asked, why has the Lord smitten us with this pandemic? Remember, I said the Israelites were disobedient. Are you with me? They had gotten complacent. They would gotten in a traditional mode. One step to the right and one step to the left. Come on, somebody. Give us a scripture, say the prayer, and then let's go home. Well, I believe, I believe one reason for the pandemic is because of disobedience. And the church being as usual at best. Just saying See, so, so, so someone came up with the idea that we need to bring the Ark of the Covenant into battle with us. And let me talk about the Ark of the Covenant for a moment. The Ark of the Covenant was a beautiful symbol of God's presence and glory. It was made from sheet and wood, which is extremely hard wood, and was overlaid with gold. It was a symbol, a type of Christ in the Old Testament. The top of the Ark of the Covenant was covered by the mercy seat. The mercy seat was a solid plate of pure gold. And there were two cherubim facing each other. And this represented God's throne in heaven. The ark was so full of God's glory and was not to be touched by human hands. So when it was transported, it had to be carried with poles. In 2 Samuel 6 verse 7, when Uzzah reached out and touched the ark, when they were transporting it incorrectly, he died. Now folk would say that God was cruel because he was just trying to stabilize it and keep it from falling. But what you need to understand that God said it could not be touched. That was a command of God. And when he reached out and touched it, he was disobedient to the command of God. Sure, he may have had good intentions, 
But like the old saying goes, Brother Rogers, pathway to hell is paved with good intentions. Come on, somebody. Let me explain this. Uzzah was the son of Abinadab. The Ark of the Covenant was in Abinadab's house for 20 years. Uzzah was comfortable being around the Ark. And because of his becoming so comfortable, he acted in a careless way and touched the ark, which was disobedient to the word of God. And that is the way he died. Now, during this battle, someone came up with the idea that we should bring the ark of the covenant into battle with us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. First of all, God did not tell them to bring the ark of the covenant into battle. And so, and of all people, of all people, Samuel's boys had the nerve to want to take the ark into battle when they had been doing everything against God's will. And they had the nerve to want to pick up the ark and carry the ark into battle. What they really needed to know was that their safety was not in the ark of the Lord, but it was in the Lord of the ark. You with me? See, this act only shows how paganistic they have become. And that's the way we have become about some of our churches. Our safety is not in the house of the Lord, but instead our safety is in the Lord of the house. This is truly representative of the pre-pandemic church. We've gotten so used to God. So much until we can say to ourselves on Sunday mornings, should I keep my pajamas on or watch live stream? Or should I get up and get dressed and go to church? Come on, flip a coin. Come on, somebody. This is where some of us are right now. It's still business as usual. But I stopped by to tell you, it ain't going to work. Come on, somebody. As a result of taking the ark of the covenant in the battle, 30,000 men were killed, including Hophni and Phineas the sons of Eli, the high priest, and the Ark of the Covenant was taken by the Philistines. Because the Israelites operated out of tradition and superstition instead of a relationship and a relational experience, they lost at a mass amount of people. The Ark of the Covenant was taken, and Hophni and Phinehas, the priest's sons, were killed. Why? Because they felt their deliverance was in the Ark and not in God himself. And sadly, many today try to carry God around and let him out of the box when they want to. Am I on your street? So many put all faith and trust in magnificent buildings, superior sound systems and media systems and stages that will put Carnegie Hall to shame. Preachers that are more worried about how much money they can raise than the souls they can win for the kingdom of God. Oh, I know I'm talking. I know I'm preaching. We must understand that the glory is not in the buildings. The building is not the church. The church is right here. So now when the word was brought to Eli, the high priest of what happened, that his sons were killed and the ark of the covenant was taken, Eli fell backwards of his seat, broke his neck and died. His daughter-in-law, Phineas' wife, went into labor, gave birth to a male son, and called this Ichabod, meaning the glory has departed. Oh, somebody say Ichabod, 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 Ichabod. Now let me just inject something here. The ark being captured was not the reason for the glory to depart. 
the glory had already gone. Like some of us, come on somebody. The glory had already gone. And, and the glory had departed from so many churches this pre-pandemic time. And we failed to realize it was actually gone until much later. See, when this pandemic hit, some of the glory in the churches had already gone. And this is showing that the, uh, that, that the glory can depart. When worldliness and sin become manifest in our lives or in our churches, it is clear to that God has departed. That's why I kept saying, give God the praise, give God the glory. Come on, somebody. Because only through that will the glory return to the house. However, the decline acts happened much sooner. It is not so much that we mean to let things go so far, but I stated complacency and tradition are fast-moving weeds in the churches, and the people have become complacent and will not talk against it because they to be more church-friendly. For much of the church had become before the pandemic, it can be said that the glory had already departed. The church building represents God. But when the glory of the Lord has left the building, then the church is no longer a place of deliverance, of healing, of miracles, and breakthroughs, and strongholds, and pulling down. Come on, somebody. It simply becomes a place to go for entertainment. I, I'm so glad that uh, New Providence cannot be considered a church of entertainment. Not, not here. Come on, somebody. Not here. Not on this day. See, when the glory of the God has left the building, then the building becomes a place for social gathering and traditional Sunday morning routines. I know some of you all don't like that. I see spirit already, but that's okay. Because we had Ichabod choirs that were singing wonderfully. We got Ichabod praise teams that make us want to jump, jump, but had no substance. There were Ichabod preachers that gave sugar-coated sermons filled with lollipop fairy tales and so on. Going to church had become more of a religious activity, Sister Portia, than a relational experience because that is what we always do on Sunday morning. Somebody say, Ichabod, Ichabod, Ichabod. The pandemic exposed that the glory had departed, making us realize that if the church's existence was essentially one of the just social gatherings, then this virus is a way more powerful than a type of church. Church, in this post-pandemic church, we must make sure we don't lose the glory and literally change the way we do church more now than ever. We need to be the church and make that more important than going to church. For I know some of you are jumping on Hebrews 10, 25, forsaking not the similar to ourselves together as a man of some, some is, but exhorting one another and much more as you see the day approaching. And you can say, well, Reverend, the Bible says, however, this scripture is not talking so much about us coming together to have a church service, but abandoning God and turning away from sound doctrine. Sure, we gather together is important, but more important is become transformational and not so institutional. See, this is about the character of God, not the description of God. This is about who God is, not the beauty of God. Moses asked to know the character of God, the glory of God. This is about who God is. Remember, God describes himself as I am. There is no beginning. There is no end. There is nothing that contains me. There is nothing that can overcome me. God simply is saying, come on, somebody. He's simply saying, when Moses cried out in Exodus, show me your glory. The Lord said, behold, there is a place by me. And you shall stand there on that rock. 
and it will come about. And while my glory is passing by, I will put you on a cliff of a rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will take my hand away and you shall see my back, but my face you shall not see. I will cause my goodness to pass before you and will proclaim my name. See, God will now show. God will now show and back up his promise to be present and demonstrate his character. A better way to put it for the American English is I'm about to show you what I'm like. Oh, don't we serve a mighty good God? Again, God is not showing Moses himself, but he is. This is a sight of character. And so the glory of the Lord passed by Moses. Now, we must understand that the kingdom of God is at hand. We must make church less Sunday-centered and more concerned about spiritual growth than physical appearance. Am I right in here? We must make church more love-filled with the healing and deliverance power of a God that wants and desires a relationship with his people. So many times we preach a vengeful, punishing God and leave out the loving Savior that gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let me bring this all together. What is it in the end that honestly really, really matters? We read in Isaiah 43, 7, everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and made, did you catch that? Whom I created for my glory. God has created and called us for his glory. We are not made to just do stuff. We are not made to just go to work, have a, have a good job and have success and have a family and enjoy life. Understand this. Coming to church is not enough. I can just stop right there. You say I come to every worship service. So what? I pay my tithes and offerings. So what? God is looking for more from you. He said, I'm tired of your old sacrifices. Romans 12, 1 said, I be beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable strength. Can I get an amen in him? And so we see that so often, pre-pandemic church, we would go to church just because. But in this post-pandemic, we must get beyond just coming to church and learn how to get in the very presence of God. Somebody holler, Lord, send your glory. Lord, send your glory. The glory of the Lord is needed in the church because when the glory of the Lord has left the church, folk will come to church and don't feel anything. There is no change. There is no deliverance. There is no salvation for the lost. They will leave out the same way they came in. They will have the same attitude, same demeanor, same downtrodden spirit they were when they came in the doors. But somebody cried, Lord, send your glory. I want to see your glory. Oh, I tell you today, when the glory is gone, no prayers are being answered. Cries are not being heard. No tears are being wiped away. No healing is taking place. Oh, Lord, send us your glory. Moses got so dependent upon the presence of God that he said, if your presence do not go with us, don't take us from this place. Strength and honor are his presence. When you have a church and you don't see the glory of the Lord in it, then you have a church that does not give God the praises that he deserves. Don't let nothing separate you from the love of Christ and the glory of God. Romans 8.35 said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine, nakedness or peril? I'm not going to let no pandemic, 
no depression, no money, no person. I don't care how crazy things might get. I shall not let nothing separate me from the love of God and the glory of God which is in Christ Jesus. Lord, send me your glory so I can walk right, so I can talk right, so I can live right, so I can love right, so I can treat my neighbor right. God, send your glory in the house. Change me, God, and let me be more like you. So we must understand that crisis brings transformation. We as a church must be transformed from old ways of church to becoming the church. Paul said, I become all things to all men that I might win some to Christ. So as I get ready to close, saints, we can't go back to church as usual. I, I know that the world seems to be going back to what they call normal. Getting rid of mass mandates gathering together and literally forgetting what we just went through this past year but the church cannot afford to lose the glory of God we can't go back to mediocre complacency am I right in here we can't go back to what we call normal in the church no more why would we go back into bondage after being set free we need the glory of the Lord in the church Lord send your glory in the house because when the glory of the Lord is in the house you can tell somebody you are a child of the Most High God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When the glory is in the house, you can tell somebody you are the apple of his eye and you are the reason he came and you are the reason he stands at the right hand of Father in heaven making intercession for you. When the glory of the Lord is in the house, we can sing Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow when the glory of the Lord is in the house then comes the saying for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God but the blood of Jesus is greater than your sin it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been the blood of Jesus will make you clean again therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature old things are passed away behold all things are become new and their sins and their iniquities remember no more. God's glory is not finished with us yet. I can say, I know in whom I believe. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him until this day. I can say we know all things, all things work together for the good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. I can say, nah, in all things, we are more than a conqueror through him that loved us. I can say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can say, though he's saving, yet shall I trust him when the glory of the Lord come in. I can say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid of? One thing I desire of the Lord, and that I will seek after, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For we know that in this earthly house, this tent is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heaven. Then, somebody say, then, then.
for your glory. Let us stand to our feet, those in the sanctuary. Thank you for your glory. 